Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. All right. Hope you had a great Christmas. I know that uh, June and I did. We had a great Christmas and always a blessing to uh, have uh, to get together. And so I pray that everything went well for you. And so I know there's a lot of people hurting. And Tim mentioned several of them. Uh, I know I was telling him that Nancy, Nancy come by the house the other day and she was telling us about her mom, Betsy, who's going to be having surgery in, that, in uh, Vanderbilt uh, pretty soon. She's going to have a total knee replacement. And uh, so I'd just like for you to keep her uh, mom in mind, if you would, in your prayers. Uh, but anyway... Well, I want to ask you, did, if you got your if you got your e news this week, if you hadn't, there's I think a couple copies back there on the thing before you leave. Uh, if you're visiting with us and, and don't have uh, Tim, don't have your email, but uh, it just uh, hit me that when he spoke about here about resolutions, I thought, now Tim, here I am. I'm about to talk about that a little bit, and and uh, because here it is, the end of the year and everything, and. A lot of times people are doing stuff like that. You know, they begin to make these resolutions and things like that. So, I, But I think I'm taking it from a little different twist, maybe, hopefully. And and uh, also, I think that he did the same thing and what he when he brought out here because normally people don't make it to February before they've broken, uh, broken the, all, their, all their resolutions anyway. So just uh, most everything, most everybody's talk about diet. You know, it don't work for me. I like to eat, so... Whenever June fixes it, I eat it. So I don't, you know, I, I just have to do that for some reason. But anyway, there was a portion here that really, I was telling Tim earlier, I said, it, uh, your email kind of this, this stuck with me, and I wanted to kind of use this to kind of a, as a little bit to start into my introduction, actually, of what I want to share with you uh, today. And it's the last part, the, the paragraph uh, right before he ended there, is that the last paragraph, it says, so... He's already talked about the resolution, and he talked about how you forget about it. Everybody breaks it sometime before the 15th of February anyway. And, and uh, at most time, people have already resolved in your heart what you're going to do, right? I mean, you do what you want to do. Isn't it true? You can do this. Okay. We do what we want to do, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent a lot of times. And so anyway, but this last part, it says, so what does, what does that have to do with, uh, with anything spiritual? And he says a lot, actually, as Christ's followers, we should be modeling our thinking and behavior after the one we say we belong to. And while Jesus modeled a life immeasurable, of immeasurable grace, he, also, he was also a person of great definition, of great resolve. So much so, in fact, that people hated him and eventually killed him for it. And he goes on to ask a question. I love this. Have you had any death threats lately? And I thought, you know, are we living that kind of a life uh, that where people, you know, like over in the Middle East, that's not, a, that's not an uncommon thing. <laughs> but right now in the United States, we're kind of seeing that spiraling down toward that, that end, I believe, in one of these days. And so we need to keep that in mind. And, and Tim goes on to say, me neither, but I, but I need to look more like Jesus in 2014. How about you? 
And that's kind of what I want to speak to you a little bit about today because, and, my, and I was telling Tim, the title of my message today is just looking ahead for 2014. And, uh, and I want to just mention to you that we, you know, we live in the presence, don't we? But we also look to the future. Right? Is anybody here not making plans next week or just, you know, a couple of days down the road, maybe a month or so down the road? You know, where are you going to be? What vacation time if you're thinking there? Whatever it is that you're, you're looking forward to that you might be doing. I know my brother, my oldest brother, uh, every time I got to speak with him and talk to him, and, and uh, he said, uh, he always told me, he said, I'm always planning my next fishing trip. He said, but I know there'll be one I'll never make. And I thought, you know, that's true. You know, we can plan. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with planning future things and future events and things that we need to do, <clears throat> uh, things that we want to accomplish. Uh, it's just like, I, I, you know, I think I was thinking about Robbie, Coach Robbie, and think about he's probably already starting planning his practices sometime this spring. He's probably already looking at trying to figure out schedules for next year and all this stuff. And, and, and and that's okay, you know. Tim, I know Pastor Tim here, he's, he's put out in his, in his e-news that he's, he's looking for a series of messages that he's going to bring for us starting uh, hopefully next week if the Lord tarries. And so June and I basically are you know, we're planning our doctor's appointments, doing our medications and stuff like that. So we, we, we're doing some planning as well. But as believers, as followers of Christ, are we looking ahead by planning our spiritual growth? As, as Tim, I thought, so wonderfully pointed out in his, in his e-message that he sent out to us. And so, uh, are we thinking about looking forward to our meeting with the Lord? You know, it could happen any time, couldn't it? Have you ever thought about just meeting the Lord in the clouds? What Scripture says one of these days, and I really believe we're living in that time frame. could happen any time. Well, when Paul wrote to Pastor Titus, <clears throat> he called attention to the blessed hope that we have in our glorious appearing of our Savior. And at the present time, things are not going too well in this country, is it? Things are not going too well. Many Americans are no longer ashamed of immorality. We're concerned about the disintegration of the home and family or the increase of crime and ev of every description that you can think of. This past week, I mean, it's just something. People shooting, killing each other. Uh, it's amazing. But you know what's saddest of all this is that the, the decline in the church. seems like the church is kind of lost its savor, its flavor uh, in how we, how we go about our uh, preaching and teaching sometimes. I'm not saying that's here because I know better. But what we're seeing a lot in churches today is a lot of philosophy about Christianity. It's a lot of philosophy. And, and I'm telling you what we need to be looking at is doctrine. We need to be looking at what's in the Scripture. What does it say? You know, we, we can get so, so tolerable that we tolerate ourselves right out of God's blessings 
by not at least living what we say that we are. What we say that we are. You know, and I know that I didn't give this scripture to Mike up there, but I'm going to share a scripture with you. And it's in Romans chapter 2. If you want to turn there, Mike, it's not on there, so I'm just going to share this with you. But I thought this is really a great statement I heard this morning, actually, before I came. And I thought, man, this might just be a great lead-in just right for, 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 for before I read my scripture. It's, it's Romans chapter 2, verses 20, uh, I believe it's uh, 27 and 28, or 28, no, it's 28 and 29, 28 and 29. And what's happened here is Paul is, is describing about the Jews and about what they do and how they, what they stand for. But then in this verse here, in verse 20, 28, he says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter, and his, fr- and his praise is not from men, but from God. There's one word in that scripture that I just read that you could change for us. Just take out the word Jew and put Christian. Now read it. I'm going to read it again. For he is not a Christian who is one outwardly, neither circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Christian who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of which is of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from God. I thought, man, <laughs> that really touched me today. And I thought, Lord, should I even share that scripture? But I thought about that, and I thought, you know, that's sobering, isn't it? Is it just our outward appearances that we we know the words, we know the we know the tradition. We know what all those things are in, around us and, you know, how people say, are, you know, you believe in God? Yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm all over that. But how is it reflected in our lives? How is it reflected in our lives? So in Titus, I want you to turn with me to Titus. This is going to be a scripture for today, but I'm going to share a couple, another place or two in, in the scriptures with us on this. And I want you to turn to chapter 2 in Titus, and it's uh, going to be verses 11 through 14. Now, I'm only sharing with you from the New American Standard today. And it says this, if you have it. If it's not, it's up on the board for you. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the Lord of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession and zealous for good deeds. And I just want to share with you through that a little bit right there. First of all, is just looking at that scripture, I want, there's some foundational doctrine that's here that I think that we need to kind of just 
go back sometimes and just look at what's, what's truth, what's real for us, and what is, uh, what is this scripture saying to us? First of all, it says we're saved by grace. Now in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says what? For we are saved by grace through faith, right? Let me find it right quick. I've got it here. Don't give up on me. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one should boast. By God's grace, we're saved. By his love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, in Romans 5, 8 says, that he sent his precious son to do that for us. Not only that, just back a little a couple of pages back in, uh, I believe it is, in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, verses 3 and 4 says this. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, it's by God's grace by his mercies and his love for us, that through Christ Jesus, that we have salvation, how he loves us. Uh, for example, and I'll just read this scripture to you. Also, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses, the first four verses. And Paul is explaining and, and challenging his disciples or his followers in, in, in Corinth about this. He says, now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold true or hold fast to the, the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as the first importance that I, w- that I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was bu- uh, led, and that he, that he died, rather, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. So that's the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, right? That's what we believe. That's what we need to receive. That's what we need to, to stand on. Uh, that, that solidifies us. God sent his, his Holy Spirit and sealed us unto that time. And by that, it's like a, a, a earnest money I heard uh, here recently. It's like earnest money that you pay down on a house or a car or whatever it is that you're buying. That means that you, that's holding for you. God has sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to seal us for himself. And that one day that's all going to be brought to fruition, which we are. I mean, we're already his child. It's not that we're going to lose that. It's just that we're sealed by that. That we can rest assured in that. That we're his child. And that he has forgiven us of our sins. And also, I'd like for you to look, if you would, in verse 12 there in Titus chapter 2, where it says, it talks about in chapter, or in verse uh, 12. <clears throat> and it says, 
in instructing us to deny ungodliness, talking about discipline. Now, I heard a, I heard a really good illustration uh, about discipline this morning. Some of you probably don't remember Coach Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys. He was there for about 30 years as a coach of that, of that team. A strong Christian man. And he was talking about discipline one time, and he said, and I won't probably quote it exactly, but just to give you an essence of what he was saying is this. Discipline is, is, is for a coach, discipline is taking a, a, an athlete to do the things that they don't want to do to accomplish the things that they want to achieve. Make sense? He's taking someone, you know, it's just like exercise or, or anything that we have to do that holds us accountable. It, 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 that sometimes, you know, you get like my age, you get to thinking about exercise. You want to think, man, I don't really want to do that. You know, I don't want to get out and walk and run and whatever it is that, that people do today, you know, or, or, or get on a treadmill or those type of things. I kind of like to sit and read and do that kind of stuff. But you know what? That's not good for me. But if I, but if, but it's the same way in our spiritual life. If we don't practice, if we don't get into the Word, if we don't have the prayer time, if we don't spend that time with the Lord uh, each day, in my thinking, is that if we don't have that that foundation, if we don't realize how how we have to discipline. Paul talks about that. He talks about how disciplined it is that you can exercise in a gymnasium for your body, and that's not a bad thing. But you got to think about what are you doing for your spiritual life. What's happening in your spiritual life? How are you exercising that? How is that going for you? You know, how can we stand? How can we stand in 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 uh, issues sometimes? Just like what's going on in this in this country today, we're not standing for anything. It seems like to me anymore. We got you know this thing with the Duck Dynasty thing that you just seen on the on the television here uh, just a few uh, days ago. And how the, uh, this is, uh, Phil Robertson stood up and he, he said what he did. And A&E was going to cut him off and suspended him. What happened? They're eating crow right now. Because the people, some people, apparently rose up. Cracker Barrel said, oh, we're going to take all their stuff off the, off the shelves. Well, it lasted less than 24 hours. Over 30,000 emails come in and told them, you better change it. We're going to boycott you. Turned that around. You know, that's, that's, that's good news to me. Uh, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are you doing? What can we do? But anyway, it's talking about discipline. The third thing I want you to see here is verse 13, where it says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Are we looking for that blessed hope? Are we, are we expecting Christ's return? You know, I, I don't think we need to be paranoid about that. You know, going around just, you know, can't wait. You know, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about, you know, that ought to be a glorious thing for us. You see, when we go through the, the, uh, the forgiveness by his grace, we are saved through faith in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, then we are forgiven of our sins. We are reconciled unto God himself to have fellowship with him, to be a part of his family. We're justified as if we had never sinned, never And then one day, we're going to be glorified, aren't we, Tim? Glorious appearing means that we're going to be there with him, caught up in the clouds, and we'll be glorified with him with a glorified body. And we won't have to worry about making our doctor's appointments and 
and renewing our medicines, will we, June? So don't worry about that. We won't have to worry about that. So do you think about that sometimes? Because it looks to me like through the prophecy, things that's happening today in the world, over in the Middle East, and everything that you see is going on, and you see it on the news every day. Listen, prophecy is coming to, to fruition as we, as we see it. Now, I can't tell you it's going to happen today, tomorrow, or next week. I can't, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we need to be watching. We need to be waiting, watching, working, sharing. Christ, who do you want to go to heaven with you? Who do you want to go with you? Anybody? Anybody? We can encourage them, share with them. You might get rebuked. <laughs> you might get, you know, whatever. But it's not, it's not you that they're turning away. It's Christ himself. It's Christ. The last thing I want, to, want you to see here in this scripture is verse 14. He says, For he gave himself that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people in his own possession, zealous for good works. Christ gave himself, and that's the gospel. I've shared that with you. And how he loved us. I cannot, I, you know, if you've seen the Mel Gibson's film, what was the title of that? They are the Passion. I was talking to somebody about that the other day, and you know, they said, you know what? There's no way, even as grotesque as that, that they can make it on that film. I'm, I truly believe this that we cannot fathom or p- picture the actual grotesqueness of what Christ became on that cross. It was so bad of the sin that he took upon himself for you and me that he, God turned his back on him. Why did he do that? Because God cannot look upon sin. He knows all about us. They, we're never out of his presence. He knows everything, every thought that we have. He knows everything about us. Nothing surprises him that we do. Because why? He says, you're but dust. And I know that. But I love you anyway. And I want you to be a part. I desire you to be in my family. I desire that for you. I want you to be there. So what's the plan? What do you plan for 2014? Um, I'm going to give you some suggestions. As the new year begins and we as followers of Christ, I pray that we'll, we will make a resolution, you know, kind of a resolve. I mean, you know, something in your heart. There's things in your heart that you're actually going to do. You know, there's just some things I guarantee you in this, in this audience right now. There's, there's things that you, you absolutely would not do. At least I think it would be. I don't think you'd go out and rob a bank, but... Who knows? <laughs> or a subway or whatever. You know, whatever the case may be. Or steal something or that type of thing. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about are we ready? What are we doing to change that? What are we doing to fortify ourselves in our fellowship with Christ? So if, I, if you would turn to Romans chapter 12, and there's just a couple of verses here that I think Tim spoke on this not too long ago, but I just want to reiterate it again to us. In Romans, and this is going to be, I hope, the, pl- the application of the message that I have for you today. In verses 1 and 2 of Romans chapter 12, 
And Paul is saying to him, he says, I urge you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, and to not uh, be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that the will of God, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And what that is saying is this, namely, our reasonable service. What is your reasonable service? What is the giftedness that God has given you? Are you applying it into the body of Christ? Are you applying it, that giftedness, as a love gift back to him? Because he loves us so. It's a love gift. He loves us so much that he gives us special gifts in our life and, and abilities that we can do things. Secondly, I want us to see that we're to be unconformed to the godlessness of this world system. Look at all that's going about us right now. You can't turn on the television or hardly go to a movie, I'm sure, most movies, that is just, you know, why would you want to waste your money? Why would you even want to turn the TV on? The language, the, the, the implied stuff that's going on is terrible. It's terrible. There's a scripture over in the Psalms that says, Lord, don't let my eyes see anything. That's, I'm paraphrasing now, is reprehensible to you. Do we do that? Probably not. But see, we've got to make some decisions. And it sneaks up on us if we're not careful. That we fall right into that, that tolerant part of the world. See, you know, Satan, is, he, is, he is so devious. We, I think we don't give him enough credit sometimes for his skills and abilities and what he does. He just deceives us and he, he brings us into these things. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up to this stuff. And, and, and it's destructive for us. He's trying to destroy our witness and our testimony. Every one of us have a testimony for Christ. How are we fortifying that? How are we keeping it fresh? You know, I, I could go back to when I was 10 years old, a long time ago, you know, back when Moses and I walked together, and, and you know, and say, but see, that's not good. What's good? Good. What, what is he doing in my life today? What is he doing in your life today? What is he doing in your life now? And that's what we can tell, that story, and share it. Thirdly, is that daily... Renewing our minds through the scriptures. How do we do that? Well, we've got to be in it to start with. That's, I think that's a start, don't you? Guess what else is most important? Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Are we willing to trust him? To believe what he says? Because he's not playing a game. You know, we had a discussion the other day in, in, in this, uh, these officers that I have uh, uh, Bible study with on, on Saturday, uh, Friday mornings, and it was talking about, uh, about hell. And I thought it was a pretty interesting discussion that we had because it, uh, I read uh, something here, it's been a few months back, I'm sure, it was in the, either in the Reflector or the Southern Baptist thing that I get a publication from sometimes, and <clears throat> it said over 50-something percent, 51 or 2 percent of the pastors, and I'm talking about pastors, that don't even believe there's a hell or a devil. That's scary. 
Now think of think if he's part of a church like that. Going down the road, you know, everything's good, you know. Tickle your ears. You know, don't call sin sin. Think about that. People are just like the Pied Piper, taking them right down the road. Satan's blinding the eyes, their hearts. Is he blinding your eyes and your heart today? Because God's not playing games. And the conversation came up about what happened in the Old Testament and all these things where he'd say, go in and, you know, where uh, Israel was, was uh, sacrificing their babies on the uh, altar of Moloch. And what they would do, they would take their babies and lay it on this altar, and it, the altar was just a hot piece of fire. And that was their, their faithfulness to Moloch. And when they were in that time of where they were totally in idol worship. And they had drummers on the sides, like the big bass drums that you hear, I guess, something along those lines, that, uh, where they were beating the drums. And the reason why they were beating the drums is to cover the screams of the babies. Think about that. God don't play games. And as a result of that, he put them into captivity. Many of them died. Things like that. Anyway, I, I, I'll go on. But I just, I just want us to think about God's not, God's not playing. God is sincere. He loves us. He's not going to send anybody to hell. They're doing it themselves, right? But there will be a judgment. And so as believers and followers of Christ, we're on the other side of that judgment seat where it's going to be rewards. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to challenge you with that. But making every effort to please the Lord is the last point I want to make out of this. The Lord is, uh, is he pleased with our, with our service? Is he pleased with us? Are we following his will? It's the last thing I want to share with you about this. I just want to challenge you. As we, you know, there's always a start somewhere. Sometimes June now we start on Mondays. We say, okay, we're going to do this on the rest of the week, or we'll start something on a Monday. A lot of people do the first of the year. Oh, I'm going to start this for the first of the year. I'm just challenging you to think about it. What? It's a hard issue. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to grow? How how can you measure back from this time next year to see how God has grown you in your spiritual walk? So I would encourage you to get into one of our small groups. And and if you're not doing that, uh, and, 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 you know, have a discussion. Talk about these things. Talk about what what God's doing. How he's challenged your life. And I pray today that if you're here, and you've never received Christ as your Savior, this is the place. You know, I, I truly believe God don't, he don't bring people in by mistake. You know, in Esther it says that she was the queen for such a time as this. This is, a, this is your time. This is a time for you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, Tim, myself, others in this place can share with you about the love of God for you and his forgiveness for you, and how he desires that from you and for you. For those of us who are followers of Christ, he's challenging us today. Are we going to spend time with him? Are we going to be in his word? What's going to happen? Where are you going to be this time next year, should the Lord tarry? Are you going to grow spiritually? I hope you do, because you get some good teaching here. I guarantee it.
And I ask God's blessings on you. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.